0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip and commentary. You can't beat the sound of a contented cat. Since it first started tumbling into Ireland through the old pirate coves of West Cork and in the stomachs of drug mules coming from Miami, cocaine has become the drug of our nation. It has swept in like a blizzard, dusting every corner of every small town. And so swift and total has its spread been that the Irish are now some of the biggest users in the world. But to unravel how a small island like ours on the edge of Europe ended up such a big player in the major cocaine leagues. We must follow the white supply lines back to the beginning. We must follow the routes it has taken as it travels across the globe. And most importantly, we need to follow the cowboys who put us on the map. So join me, Nicola Talent, for my new live show, Cocaine Cowboys, the story of Ireland's love affair with Colombia's biggest export. Limited tickets now available for February 10th at the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick, February 15th in Cork's Everyman and at Dublin's Three Olympia on Sunday, February 18th. Tickets available at venues are on mcd.ie.
1: Jason Hennessy Sr. was a key player in a growing and dangerous criminal organisation. There is a bigger debate and it goes on all the time about whether Catholic churches should facilitate what some people, rightly or wrongly, may judge to be a show of strength or putting people up on a pedestal in the aftermath of dying as a result of, of organised crime. I, mean, I don't think there's any particularly easy answer to that.
0: I'm Nicola Talent and you're listening to Crime World. A podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Fears are growing of a bloody revenge attack after the funeral of Christmas Eve gun victim Jason Hennessy. The father of six was buried last weekend in an incredible Hulk themed funeral, which was attended by hundreds of friends and family, as well as the criminal fraternity. Three busloads of public order guardi were brought in, along with armed support units to patrol the area of Corduff during the service, which featured a green coffin inscribed with the words The Boss Man and a green recovery truck. Today, I'm talking to Niall Donald about the ongoing fallout from the murder of Hennessy and the killing of gunman Tristan Sherry in a crowded steakhouse on Christmas Eve. This is Crime World, a podcast from Sundayworld.com. Nile, you were working on the desk the day that Jason Hennessy Sr.'s funeral was taking place in Dublin. Um did you get a call or did you start seeing the photographs?
1: No, I mean we we, we obviously were were there I and mean, we knew because of the the level of security that is going around this funeral, um, and we also knew obviously that there'd be a number of photographers there. And and obviously the Hennessy family would have known um, that there was a number of photographers there. So describe it. I mean, it was described in the Sunday world and everywhere else as a Hulk themed funeral. Obviously, the reason is that Jason Hennessy Sr. worked for a company uh, that with the name Hulk, a, a car towing service. So there was a Hulk themed uh Coffin and a, a funeral uh, truck. Explain that. Like the, the incredible Hulk from our childhood. The incredible Hulk from our childhood and Hulk from was just other people's. Green um, and
0: had a huge chest, yeah. Well, I mean,
1: they're still a part of the Avengers Assemble uh, yeah. uh, modern films as well, Nicholas. Yes. So we don't just have to go back to, no, no, we'll to just... the guy painted green. There's <laughs> he's also a key figure in the updated Marvel series, which is the best. I like to stay in the past. The best, the best, uh, the most. Feud film I of wonder how fact.
0: many of our listeners will remember the Incredible Hulk.
1: Yeah, Lou Farago with Yeah, a, yeah. I I was a big fan of it. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry and all that. But yeah. So look, there's there's the he worked for a, a, a company that that towed trucks away called Hulk, um, and. Then we had his, 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 they they used one of his, one of the trucks from that company. And then they had a funeral painted in the Hulk colours with the words boss man on it. On the the coffin, you mean? Yeah, on the coffin. There was obviously a horse and carriage as well, bringing him. And there was a big funeral presence. And people um, in green ties. People in green ties. And his, obviously his sons were there. um, Was it sort of, um, how would I describe it? Was it? Was it a sinister-looking event, or? Well, I mean, it 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 was. I think it's very nature, is of course. Well, I mean, you can look at it different ways. But if you contrast it, I think to the Tristan Sherry funeral, which was much more low-key. Obviously, Tristan Sherry um, killed Jason Hennessy Senior. He was the gunman who came into the steakhouse in Blanchardstown on Christmas Eve shot Jason Hennessy Sr. three times. He was ultimately disarmed and died in the aftermath. Um, a number of people are before the courts in connection with that. So this is Jason Hennessy's funeral. But the Tristan Cherry funeral was much more low-key. There was much less social media around it. There was much less people present. And there was not such an ostentatious show. Um, Jason Hennessy Sr.'s funeral was different. There's a grieving family there. You can see some of the young people and some of the tributes, and and they are obviously deeply upset. But mm. there was a number of criminal figures in the very broad uh, congregation. You're talking a few hundred people, so there was a number of people there paying their respects who had been key players in that court of feud. Not to get into them very specifically, and it did have a different feel to the Tristan Sherry uh, funeral. Like, we we can look on it as, uh, you know, the whole thing. It's like, people know there's going to be cameras there. Mm. They know they're going to pick out that bit of it. You know, we've obviously spoken about how these gangland funerals occur and what they mean I suppose in a broader sense. Um, Jason Hennessy Senior was a key player in a very you know a growing and dangerous criminal organisation that's involved in drug dealing in in North Dublin but also involved in intimidation and threats and had been involved in a number of violent incidents and I think it has that feel. However you know that that said These funerals are two
0: pronged really aren't they because of course there's a grieving family who want to remember their loved ones. And they are entitled to do that and to get up and to describe in this case, he was described as a true hero who revolved around his beloved family, that he was a really good father and all the rest that was said about him. But at the same time, there's an element of these funerals that are used as a show of strength and, you know, they're used
1: as a message. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that, you know, they're, I mean, look, Ian Bailey was, was buried, but nobody attended and he was, he was cremated and nobody's was suggesting any family should have to go through that. But there are, you know, there's obviously going to be media attention. There's a decision to make, you know, to, to give that Hulk-themed funeral. Um, and... That's the way it is. I mean, these these funerals they can become a congregation for people to to get together and show support and to see who turned up. We know,
0: and was it a show of strength that it have that feeling? I mean, there was a huge amount of armed officers there um, in attendance. I think three busloads of public order guardy were drafted in to help the local uh,
1: officers around the Patrick's Church in Corduff. I mean, I'm not sure. I would. Clare, like say it's a show of strength but you know there was clearly people in in there who have heavily involved in criminality and were comfortable showing up and you know um, knowing that they would be seen to be there. Um, I think in the Tristan Sherry funeral we know for a fact that a number of people did not want to show up. Uh, we're not comfortable being there we're not comfortable being associating themselves with that with Tristan sherry and and being buried um, we know as well in the aftermath of Jason Hennessy seniors uh, funeral there was drinks and there was a lot of people there as well including some people that have reputations as criminals so it's it's um whether a show of strength is unfair I'm not. I'm not sure, but it it definitely had a markedly different feel to the Tristan Sherry funeral, as you said. Um, people spoke from the altar described Jason Hennessy Sr. as a truly exceptional man. There was a guy, who's, I think his name was given as Graham, but his surname wasn't given, and he described uh, on a heartbreaking Christmas Eve, our world got flipped upside down by an event to change everything. Um, so there is a grieving family there. But yeah, it's it's... He also said that in the face of that impending clash,
0: meaning that as Tristan Cherry walked into that, crowded restaurant on a Christmas Eve night he said from the altar that Jason had sort of become a beacon of compassion and courage and he stepped up sort of suggesting that you know he protected you know the people around him that he he sensed danger he said approaching and he leapt into action saving the lives of the youngest and the oldest he faced adversity and became a true hero a martyr of sorts he's described as.
1: Yeah and that's you know that's that's what he's saying. Um, from from other accounts, it does seem that uh, Jason Henley Senior was the first person to make a move to to attempt to halt Tristan Sherry. Uh, so, look, that's that's the way it is. But uh, from their perspective, I think. But there is a, a bigger issue, I suppose, with with funerals surrounding surrounding gangland figures we've had debates on radio where people have spoken about what should be allowed in for example in a catholic church uh, what priests we've had over the years we've had I remember being at a funeral uh, involving two brothers in Clondalkin, where um, the, fun- the, the priest was suggesting that you know criminality is a terrible thing and he was interrupted mid-homily by uh, the sister of the victims, basically telling him to shut up and stop going on like that. Um, There is a bigger debate and it goes on all the time about whether Catholic churches should facilitate what some people, rightly or wrongly, may judge to be a show of strength or, uh, uh, you know, putting people up on a pedestal in the aftermath of dying uh, as a result of of organized crime I, mean, I don't think there's any particularly easy answer to that um you know for 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 individual priests i yeah. mean people are entitled to be buried and given catholic uh you know catholic memorials and for the family to remember them despite what they may have done in life but there's no doubt that that uh, it strikes wrong to other people uh, to hear people described in certain glowing terms mm. when, you know, there there will be victims that also have to hear that, I suppose.
0: Which brings me on to, because I thought this was an unusual for a kind of a seen as a gangland funeral, that he was described as this beloved family man with six children and a wife. Connie was the wife's name, Jade, Luke, Devon, Jason, Shelby and Brandon, Mm. the children. But he was also described as a hardworking man who never missed a day's work, an honest day's work, basically. And often what you find victims of, you know, gun crime, of murder, basically from the the criminal underworld, that they haven't done a day's bloody work in their lives. Most of them, they have... uh, you know, maybe shown wealth, but that they haven't really had a career trajectory in the legitimate world. No. And that's really what made Jason Hennessy stand out from the beginning because we did hear that he kind of went into criminality late in life.
1: Yeah. And also that he, he you know, where some people, as you said, will never have even collected the dole, which is always an interesting one, let alone uh, never worked and will have been a general scourge in the community from an early age. Jason Hennessy Sr. did have positive aspects to him he'd been a, a a boxing coach uh you know being heavily involved in the community in that way now he's not alone in in being involved with with in boxing and in, in other and other stuff but he did have he he'd, he'd always worked um and he seems to have come to a kind of a manager managerial role in a criminal Enterprise later in on in life. Life yeah and had been you know suspected of of being Taking a sort of a, a role in the in the management structure of the money and the organization of much younger gang members.
0: Um so at the moment, as it stands, there's five people before the courts in relation to the murder of Tristan Sherry.
1: Well, there's there's five people before the courts. Uh some of, a couple of them have been charged with murder, and some of them being charged in connection with the general probe, so there'd be other offences. Um And as regard
0: the Jason Hennessy investigation, maybe an obvious question, but there was only one. Is there, is there an investigation into that? There have to be for the coroner for a start, but the, the chief suspect, obviously the guy who shot him is dead. So is he
1: believed to have acted alone? He is absolutely not believed. To be to have acted alone there was, certainly was a second man present um and there is obviously a getaway car left the scene so there's very much an active murder investigation uh into into other people's roles in that murder um there's not been any arrests um there's a second individual that person uh is believed to have gone into hiding um probably from both the Guardy and and uh associates of of Jason Hennessy senior it's you know he's been even named on social media uh so look there, there there's a very much is an active investigation and if he, i would imagine Gardy would hope to bring serious charges against at least a second individual there will also be other suspicions around other people as well because obviously Tristan Sherry had access to a gun and access to information about about uh the Yeah. The, so there will there, there very much is an active investigation, but there has not been an arrest, unlike in 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 Tristan Sherry's, the investigation into the death of Tristan Sherry, where seven people have been arrested and five people have already been brought before the courts. And
0: the fears were, you know, from the outset that this was going to intensify feuding activity in the area. Um, now that that funeral is over, is there a sort of a renewed... Uh, fear but well, there gravity.
1: is there's absolutely a, re, a renewed fear but there there have not been uh reprisals yet and i think that's probably to be put down to the good work and the sort of deep intelligence into the the criminal networks that exist in that part of dublin obviously um we we saw some of the officers even policing uh, some of these some of the this feud that court of feud in in the program the guards but also inside the chaos it was before and so you can see even if you watch that you'll know that people they they know what's going on with these criminal organizations that are there Um the the problem I suppose as as you did say before was that high level of policing where everything is concentrated on mm. on on keeping an eye on 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 various people and, and collecting intelligence, like that can't go on mm. forever where you're, you are you know, there's checkpoints and all of that, like eventually. No, it's, it's eating up a huge amount of resources yeah. and already
0: has. Um, but nonetheless, like the, been, the threat uh, level of
1: retaliation or anything has not reduced at all. No, I, it's still there. And, mm. you know, there have been stories and, you know, even in the newspapers this week about fears that that Hennessy's associates are trying to source. Handguns, for example, was was reported on uh sorry, hand grenades. So like there is there is definitely fear, but you have to say the guards are doing a great job at the moment.
0: Interesting, um, you should mention that because the new gangster, you know, the BBC's sounds gangster yeah. series is about Enkrochat. Yeah. And um I'll be doing something on it on the pod next week. But there's one of the episodes where they're looking at the sourcing of a gun by quite a well-known criminal, the attempts to source the gun during this the hack. Yeah. And um, what comes out of it is how difficult it is to get a gun. Yeah. And that's in the UK. I mean, we're going to have to say it's the same here in Ireland. But it is quite difficult to get a gun that's working and that's reliable and yep. get your hands on it. Like, it's not easy
1: no, it's not, and I can't. You can't. It's not as if it's America where you can go around with the gun, and, yeah. Because I mean, obviously, there's. If you're caught with a with a with a handgun, you're really facing a f- sort of five year minimum prison yeah. term, aren't you? Generally, mm. or something along those lines. So these guns have to be kept offside and it's, it's then they have to be accessed in a way that's safe and they have to be moved and put in possession of the person who's then got to use And if there's good
0: guard intelligence or police intelligence, it's at that point that they're moved, transferred, ownership or whatever it is that they are, you know, there's opportunities there to seize yeah. them. Um, we can't underestimate the value of every gun that's taken off the streets.
1: No, um, um, but there is a logistical aspect to that and then that involves a series of people as well. Um Obviously, there's, there's people are, so are got with guns under their beds, but generally it's, it's on an offside location and mm. somebody is accessing it and bringing it to a person. And sure, look, we don't know what happened with the, the, the case of Tristan Sherry, but we do know that it was a, a high-velocity weapon. Uh, that weapon has yet to be recovered, but those guns aren't to a penny, I think, even on mm. the streets of Dublin. OK. Uh, we'll come back to this when the story yes. develops. Thanks, Nicola.